Hello, and welcome to 8 Minutes to Ageless, the podcast committed to teaching you the minimalistic approach to becoming bold and not old. On this 20-minute weekly podcast, you will learn how to care for your body and mind while spending the bare minimum amount of time to be successful. I know that life is full, so full that we tend to put our own needs on the back burner and in some cases are simply too confused to figure out what to do, so we do nothing. This podcast is designed to help you leave regrets behind and start caring for yourself no matter your age so you can grow older and like it, and I might say even love it. My name is Dr. Kelly Pearson, and I am the host of this podcast. I'm a practicing chiropractic physician and author of Eight Minutes to Ageless. Over the past 40 years, my patients have taught me so much about what not to do that I finally just had to get this book written and podcast started. But before we begin, I want to thank all of you who have read my book and keep sending me inspiring comments that you're getting your life back. That makes all the difference and makes me smile. Well, good morning. This is Kelly Pearson again. Oh, maybe it's afternoon or evening. And I'm so happy you joined us back with the podcast today. We're, we're going to be talking about a case study, but before we get there, I want to give you some generic concepts. And I am going to be tying into something around uh, my 45th reunion, actually, that I attended this past year down in California. It was absolutely sensational. A lot of um, amazing conversation. And while unrelated to this podcast, if you want to have a really good time at your reunion, um, plan on having several days or at least a couple days or three days where you can keep getting back in touch with each other because the conversation begins to get extremely transparent and authentic and a lot of great breakthroughs. So we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit in terms of what I'm getting after today. But let me just say that you and I are fairly easy to anticipate in terms of what our daily activities become. And so therefore, your body becomes something that you've just programmed to do certain, certain things, certain ways. And while not even thinking about it, it becomes your way of movement. And um, understand in the motor cortex, that part of the brain that affords us the ability to create a direction of movement, we, we can groove what we call a groove, a motor pattern. So you do it over and over again, and then you can do it without thinking. Much like driving a car, now we're capable of talking on the cell phone or even eating food, none of which are, I'm recommending. I'm certainly not recommending texting while driving, but the point being is that you can start to get automatic with certain movements and you don't think about it. You chink a new movement pattern, and if you don't alter it or think about it, or are told it's not beneficial to you, guess what? It defines you. You can see my brother who had a very distinctive walk uh, as a younger man, hadn't seen a friend of his in for years. And all of a sudden when he's walking down the airport uh, pathway, he hears somebody from quite a distance, hey, Pearson. And, and in fact, it was an old buddy. And he said, I can't, you know, I just know your walk. I'm, I know how you carry yourself. And our gait becomes a signature. The way we hold ourselves becomes a signature. And can those things be changed? Well, certainly, however, it takes a little bit of work and some awareness. Now, you and I groove motor patterns that are not particularly useful to how we're moving our bodies and often the cause of pain. And so 
as we as we talk about this, I want I want to um, bring bring something up as a matter of fact, a very common pattern that many of us do, and that is when we bend over. Um, sometimes we do. First of all, I'm not talking about how you should lift. I'm just talking about bending over and attempting to touch your toes. When I have somebody do that and they bend over and touch your toes, I might see most of the curve happening in their upper thoracic spine, you know, like from uh, your waist up, I might see a little hump there, but yet the rest of the back is relatively straight, meaning it can't bend. It's you, you've, you've taught yourself to say, no, 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 you stay solid here and I'll bend here and we'll be fine. And, and yet, over time, that creates a horrible, horrible stressor on your low back. And you, as an individual who has grooved this motor pattern, are going to be much more likely to develop a disc irritation down the road. Why? Because discs are just those cushions between vertebra. And if you put all the onus of responsibility on bending at that lowest level between your fifth lumbar and your sacrum, let's say, guess what? That disc is going to be strained or sprained or torn or irritated and inflamed. And subsequently, it puts pressure on nearby neighbors, in which case the nerve in particular will be resulting in leg pain. So how do you know if you're one of these people? Well, have someone um, take a picture of you when you're bending over to touch your toes. And, and maybe best if you have a tight shirt on or no shirt at all, if that's appropriate, depending upon who you're asking to take the picture. And look and see that curve that starts from the sacrum, your, the, pelv the base of your pelvis up to your head. Where's the majority of that bend coming from? And if you see a lot of the hump in the mid back and very little in the low back, you've developed a motor pattern where you've asked your body to do most of the bending in your upper part and less in the lower part. And now you're going to be straining that low back disc and causing it to like have to do all the bend there. And that's not good because those discs are not really designed for that kind of extra biomechanical stress. Just the other day, I saw this guy. He's fabulously great shape, super ripped. He's 50, but works out incessantly. But bending this way, boom, that's what he looked like. And guess what he comes in for me for? He's like, Kelly, I can't, I can't handle this anymore. I have acute low back pain. It happens every four or five months. And I don't know why. And it's getting worse. And it's disabling. I just have to go to bed. And when I looked at his movement, I'm like, yeah, okay, here's a really smart guy, but he's, and he's very committed to exercise, but he's grooved his motor pattern such that his low back does not bend when he bends forward. So the disc keeps getting ticked off. And because he's so fit, he can stave off some of the pain, but it's becoming a bit more frequent, a bit more frequent. So that's no good. And so we have to teach him how to bend in his back. And that's not necessarily an easy thing to do to get past your regular movement strategy. So let me give you an example of a funny movement strategy. When when I dry my hair, I always twist the dryer to the right. And so after about two weeks, the cord is all smished up and tangled up and, and creates tension. And so I have to hold the cord from, you know, by the where you plug it in and let it just boop, 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 unwind. It may unwind seven, eight, ten times, but it never goes the other way. Why is that? Well, I don't know. It's the pattern that I created. It's when I first learned to dry my hair. It's what seemed to make sense. And so that's how I do it. And my husband makes fun of me. 
Now, can I change that? Yes, but why do I care? You know, I'm happy to unplug it and, and unwind it. It's not causing me any personal pain. That's one example of something we might do. The other thing is, um, say you're a mom and you've had several kids and they all sit in the back seat for the first year and a half of their life or two years. When you go and grab something out of the back seat, you use only your arm. You're, you're pulling that arm way back and stressing your shoulder where you should in fact be turning your head and turning your thoracic spine and then moving your arm. You can't do that driving. Why? It's unsafe. You're going to crash and you're not going to put your kids in harm's way. But yet you develop this pattern of always reaching back, you know, telling one of your children to sit down, to be quiet, grabbing something that your baby dropped and really desperately needs and is bawling and it's causing you, causing you anxiety. So you're reaching back with the shoulder and you've done that so many times that becomes your new protocol. Well, that's not appropriate when you're in day-to-day -day life, when you could actually turn your head and your thoracic spine and, and then your shoulder. But if you keep doing it the other way you would do it in the car, you know, that way you're grooving your motor pattern, you're going to develop shoulder pain, I promise you, because the shoulder is, likes to be worked with, that likes to have rotation of the spine, helping it out. So when it does have to reach back farther, some of that movement is, is being endured by the, the spine and there's less stress on the shoulder. So those are examples of funny little things that we do on a routine basis that we're not conscious about. But now all of a sudden you have a funky movement pattern and it's causing you pain. So what do we have to do in those cases? Well, let's just say this, you can't change a movement pattern by just busting through and saying, I'm gonna do this better differently because you have a pattern that's ingrained. So what often we have to do is we have to go back to the, the, the least challenging posture in the body. And that's usually pretty close to the floor, whether it's on the floor or on your hands and knees, you have to take away um, the difficulty of standing up and using everything all at once to coordinate your pattern. So you have to get down on the floor, take away some of the difficulty of moving and try to bust through a pattern. So let's say we're trying to have you bend in your back and not just at that lowest lumbar level causing you that leg pain. So what you might do is you get on all fours, you know, hands and knees and make sure your knees are directly under your hips and make sure your hands are directly under your shoulders. And now what you wanna do is you wanna arch up like a cat, like a Halloween cat, and just try to arch, 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 arch. And you might not be able to get very far. So something that you can do is have something heavier being placed on your back. Now I use a strategy in the office where I use my own body weight. I'm not sitting on people, but I'm using my hands. But at home you might say, hey, maybe I've got a, a sandbag or, um, something that if I placed on my back wouldn't fall off and, and hurt somebody. But, you know, things like um, a sandbag, not too heavy, is really a great idea. And you have your partner lifted up on your back and then you arch up through that pressure and it just provides that resistance for you to bust through. And that's one way you can change a movement pattern. If you have a little bit of even resistance as you move into a new level, like, oh, I didn't even know I could do that. Um, and But just starting on your hands and knees and pushing up and then relaxing down to a neutral posture and then pushing up and doing this while you're breathing. You know, we talked about belly breathing a few times ago where you're engaging your abdomen, you're, you're breathing in in such a fashion that you're 
your stomach is, is sticking out again, remember, as the diaphragm drops down and you pull air into the lungs and the diaphragm drops down, the abdomen, the apartment where the guts live gets smaller because the ceiling has just dropped. So you should feel a, a, a you know belly expansion with some pressure. That's You want to do some deep breathing as you're arching up and dropping down. Now you repeat this enough times, maybe two sets of 20, I mean, two sets of 10, excuse me, that's a little bit easier to handle. And you do this every day, every day, every day, you start to change and regroup that motor pattern. And so you might not be able to do it standing up as readily, but if you stay down on your all fours and you work with that, particularly with a little resistance placed on your back, um, that, that would be a of benefit to start changing how you're moving. And so one of the things I like to do in this podcast is to tell people how they should be moving and how you can assess it. So, you know, take that picture from the side, see if you're that person, and then try to move yourself into a new direction that affords you um, a new new pattern that what when you're when you are bending over consciously, you're not stressing the, cr the crumb out of your lower back and causing that disc to be upset. Now, again, we're not talking about bending or, or lifting here. We're just talking about when people bend over to stretch, when people, do they have that capability of unwinding? Because you should, there should be no reason why your back can't forward bend. Uh, like if you're doing yoga, there should be a lovely bend in your back. You can change that. And, you know, I promised I would mention something about the reunion in terms of changing things, you know, we're, we're talking about changing movement patterns, but one of the, my greatest joys this last weekend was seeing um, a couple people who had uh, a bit of a challenging relationship when they were younger. Um, one, one's, one had their feelings hurt by something that was said by the other and neither one really uh, ever talked about it, of course, but it was such a strong reaction that um, one of them wasn't even, even going to come, even though she's well-loved, because she didn't want to hang out with this other guy. You know, it was just like, no, I remember, I remember what he said, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be around it. It's my life, my choice. But, you know, as an observer, I could see that they both really valued each other, and that as young people, you know, in 18 or however old we were in, in high school, we said things that we didn't mean. But that thought kind of just, wow, you know, generated itself over and over again about a million times over the last, last 40 years. And, and in fact, it's a mu much like movement patterns. If you think the same thing over and over again, negatively about somebody or feeling that they hurt you or not trusting them or never wanting to hang out with them again, guess what? That becomes a bigger and bigger and bigger, bigger barrier. And so in the reunion, I was able to see this gathering of these, of these two people and kind of a breakthrough as they both saw each other as a, a, in, in a light where they forgave the previous challenge for sure, but they also were able to replace that thinking pattern with honoring the fact that they, they'd forgiven each other for the altercation. And it was so sweet to watch. Of course, I, I, I was in tears a lot during the weekend just because the touching relationships that I saw building 
or rebuilding, if you will. And, you know, our body is no different. Our brain thinks these thoughts and we start to believe it's true. And then by gosh, by golly, we're never going to talk to that person or whatever. And, you know, what are we giving up when we say no to relationships? Well, the same thing is true. What are we giving up in the body when we say no to movement? You know, and, and, and I'll just underscore again, one of the things I say that define aging is that cumulative loss of motion of all the collective joints in our body is what defines us to be aging, is what defines us to be old. Again, you know, you ask the question, how do I know someone's old? You look at how they stand, you look at how they move, you look at the speed and the quality of their movement and their collective ability to walk up or downstairs or bend over without grunting or groaning, making, you know, <laughs> visual sounds. So I, I hope this was helpful to you and you might, might have learned something about how you could help reduce some of your back pain by regaining and changing your motor pattern. All right, then. So as always, I've had a great joy in sharing this information with you. Feel free to um, share this podcast with others. We're also going to be talking about a, a couple courses that I've recently launched around chronic neck and chronic back pain. And we'll be talking about that next time um, as my website's just about to be ready to roll where you can go online and, and order this class at a very inexpensive price. So stay tuned and look forward to seeing you guys next time. In keeping with my minimalistic approach to life, I keep this podcast short and only add the most critical points, not adding fluff. So for today, we are done, but I hope you will do a few minutes of the good stuff we talked about. If you have not picked up the book, you can get it on Amazon. The website, 8minutestoageless.org, will have the show notes and any videos that I mentioned on this podcast. I thank you for spending your precious 20 minutes with me. And as always, you can reach out and contact me via the website. Remember, one day at a time, you are getting bolder and not older. I look forward to seeing you next week.